colors fade away and things that were on here today everyone we thank you for tuning into sunday school bonanza where we will bring you a quick gospel doctrine review that can hopefully help you be better prepared for going into gospel doctrine. in 15 minutes or less or your money back yeah we give you about a 12 to 15 minute time frame now we used to say 10 but let's be honest people it got too hard i'm joined by none other than spike lee it's me, everybody. My host of This Week in Mormons, Al. The great Knicks fan, Al Doan. You like the Knicks? Spike Lee does, and I was Spike Lee oh, today. Oh, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. This you are a true Mormon lover. Jeff and I are entertaining ourselves on Google Hangouts. It's <laughs> what we do. Which will take away from our main purpose, which is to go over Lesson 25. I've heard of this. Lesson 25 is called Priesthood, the Power of Godliness. So we're going to talk now, all about it. What I, what I love about this is, is priesthood, I feel like, uh, much like the law of chastity or a lot of these other things, gets brushed over a lot because people, you feel like you've heard it a million times. Right. The marriage talk to single people, sure. you know, let's talk about faith and you'll get up and it's like, here we go, another one on faith. Let's talk about prayer. That's exciting. But, uh, I mean, priesthood, there's a lot about the priesthood that we, we don't take the time to understand. So I actually think this is a really timely lesson. Very interesting and some great meaty doctrine here for those who choose. There's a lot of it. And my browser froze. It's back. All right. So quickly, the attention activity, it's a great one. Your teacher is going to say, ask you to list things, reasons why you are grateful to be, does anybody, to be members. Does anyone the do the attention activities? So if they're worthwhile, they can be good. But I found that through the Doctrine and Covenants lessons, they haven't been the best. The Old Testament manual has great attention activities, actually. You play Jenga. Yeah, because it's... Them. Jenga. <laughs> Blind oh Jenga. It's awesome. So um, anyways, the point is, list the things that you're grateful for in the church. And then you point out that these things would not be possible without the priesthood, which is a fun challenge, really, because you could say, like, what about eating crackers in primary? Not possible without the priesthood, because without the priesthood, there would be no primary. Or children. It's like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. I, I actually, I've actually gotten in a habit of saying, uh, you know, how, like a lot of times we'll say I'm grateful that, the, you know, that through Joseph Smith, we have the church. He restored the church. Right. Well, it was, it was actually with Joseph Smith. The priesthood was restored, and then through the priesthood, the church was restored. Right? It exactly. wasn't. Exactly. It wasn't. The gospel couldn't just be given back. That wasn't a. Th- that's not a thing. Uh, the the priesthood had to be restored. That order had to be restored, and then they were able to do everything else and, and that needed to happen. And the interesting thing that you mentioned there. So let's go through some of the chronology briefly. Of course, the organization, the church was organized in 1830, but like you said, the priesthoods were both restored before that. So the Aaronic priesthood was specifically the 15th of May, 1829. Melchizedek Priesthood, we know, we know, came in May or June of 1829. There's no I love that we have, we have no record of the exact date I know, it's that. funny. Uh, like, who would walk home from being given that, that incredible experience and just be like, well, well, I'll remember this forever. Well, by that same no, measure, no need to Joseph write it Smith down. didn't even write down the first vision right after it happened. I mean, the, the account that we have of it now was over 10 years after the fact, so... Probably because he couldn't read. Hey, after, after the church was organized in 1830, after the fact, then we got apostles, elders, priests, teachers, and deacons. So priesthood organization, uh, according to Doctrine and Covenants, section 20. The office of bishop and doctrine was uh, not till 1831. High priests were June of 1831. First presidency was 1832. The patriarch was 1833. The high council, 1834. Quorum of the Twelve, 1835. And 70s were also later in 1835. And then the first quorum of the 70 was organized in 1835. The thing can, I, can I point out the genius in restoring offices of the priesthood in this way? Please like, do. Could you imagine how awkward that would have been to, uh, you know, you have a high council... And all of that's restored, and you only have like 30 members. 
And like exactly. you don't understand the role of them or what's going on. They, they scale this like uh, really smart companies, startups and things that scale. Um, you, you have just a single, like it's the CEO and about 10, 20 people. And then as soon as you get to the point where you need a manager, you put a manager in place. But the need for these roles is defined before you ever put that person in place. You don't hire a manager with one other person uh, because it's almost insulting, right? Yeah. And so the, to see this laid out like this, it took five years for all the offices of the priesthood, all, almost six, yeah. um, to all be restored. And I, I just think it's really smart that it was done that way because there, there was a place and a need created for each office um, before it was put in. Even a bishop, right? With 30 members, I'm sure Joseph Smith was doing fine. And then uh, you know, two years go by. Well, a year goes by, and you need a bishop. So you exactly. call a bishop. Exactly. And one thing I love, though, is how fluid this is in a sense, how much it can still be amended. Because we look at something like 1997, when the uh, third and fourth and fifth quorums of the 70 were created that made area authority 70s, which was different. Before that, we used to have, what, regional representatives or something like that. But uh, it it goes to show that we can continue to organize more quorums and priesthood organizations. Some things have changed, of course, like patriarch. There used to be one patriarch for the church, and then that eventually has distilled down into now every stake as a patriarch. So we see that the priesthood is there, but like Al showed, its organization can grow and adapt based on the needs and the growth of the church, which I think is terrific. Good work. Um, then we move on in the lesson. We go to the oath and covenant of the priesthood, um, which is, is great. Uh, chapter or section 84 verses 33 through like 45 ish. Yeah. Um, these are actually these are interesting verses to go back through. I remember on my on my mission we had a guy that was preparing to receive the Aaronic priesthood, and we as missionaries uh, were required to kind of work with him and teach him about the priesthood, and we just spent about a month once a week going through these verses and talking about wow. them and and what it meant. I, and I had never done that before that point. I was just a schmuck, nineteen year old kid, right? Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So, I mean. I, we probably don't need to read it, but some of the promises are that we'll be the sons of Moses, or we will become the sons of Moses and Aaron, um, the seed of Abraham and the church uh, and kingdom of the elect of God, or and the elect of God. Um, as a symbol, when we receive the priesthood, we receive Jesus Christ. Um, also, we, uh, let's see. So the, the rule is we have to be faithful in receiving the priesthood and then magnify the callings. Um, and then become sanctified by the Spirit. And once we do those things, we get these other blessings that are laid out in section 84. So take a minute to read through some of that stuff. Well, can I read, can um, I read there's a great quote from President Hinckley about magnifying a calling. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things that we need to, to stress in the church. Because sometimes, technically, if you said to magnify a calling, that would actually mean to make it bigger than it looks like, which, of course, is not what it is. But President Hinckley said that we magnify our priesthood and enlarge our calling when we serve with diligence and enthusiasm in those responsibilities to which we are called by proper authority. We magnify our calling, we enlarge the potential of our priesthood when we reach out to those in distress and give strength to to those who falter. We magnify our calling when we walk with honesty and integrity, which is great because I think it's so easy to get a calling no matter what it is. And if it's something that we perceive as inconsequential, we don't take it seriously, perhaps, too easy. But every calling can be magnified. It can be used for an, inc- an amazing yeah. force for good if we're willing to put in the Yeah, whether you're the chorus, you know, the chorister up top. Like, when, when the goal is energy and enthusiasm, um, you can apply that to anything. Because a lot of times we'll say, how can I, how can I magnify? I'm the hymn book passer-outer guy. What am I supposed to magnify there? 
uh, when really it's the attitude that you come in with and uh, how successful you are. Or, in, or in even little things. Doing As it. a hymn book passer out, or you could also notice that maybe some of your hymn books are in poor shape and you could be the person to actually say, guys, maybe we should order more hymn books. How often does somebody even say that? You know, so, Or but, rebind the books. Exactly. L- Watch YouTube videos. Now's Learn a bad time, it. though. They're working on a new hymn book. Don't buy hymn books now. Hymn book stock <laughs> will drop if you buy the old ones. Don't do it. Yeah, go short on hymn books for sure. Uh, the, other, the, other thing, the other thing that it, that it crosses over to from Section 84 into Section 121, which I love, because I feel like Section 121 is a little bit more uh, sort of the check and balance, right? Section 84 is like, look at all this great stuff you can get. And Section 121 is like, yes, it's great stuff, but watch yourself. Um, so in there, these are the verses that say um, the rights of the priests that are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven, mm-hmm. and the powers of heaven cannot be controlled nor handled only upon the principles of righteousness, and that if we try and like force or coerce, um, then that priesthood is removed from us. And amen to the priesthood of that man, I which is kind quote, of, yeah. woof. Um, so one of the things in here, though, that I wanted to mention, which I, I take the opportunity to mention anytime I can, is in verse 46. Okay. Um, as it's talking more about the, the promises of the priesthood, it says, And the Holy Ghost shall be thy constant companion, and thy scepter, an unchanging scepter of righteousness and truth. And thy dominion shall be an everlasting dominion, and without compulsory means it shall flow into thee forever and ever. Now, nothing encapsulates sort of the, uh, the requirement and the blessing of the priesthood better than this verse to me. Um, what I love here is that, that the dominion that we are promised, right, that's our family. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get our, our family, our wife, our children, our posterity. All of that is, is what is promised if we're faithful um, because that all gets tied together. But the thing that it says, it says, without compulsory means, it shall flow into thee forever and ever. Meaning you're never going to, like if you're a jerk to your wife and she doesn't choose to be with you, there's no like binding of the priesthood that forces her to be there, right? So if you're a schmuck father, and are not good to your kids and not good, the priesthood does not require that they are submitted to you. No, like it's like, right? it says, like there's a quote from, a, from an ensign here in 93 that says, those who hold the priesthood must never forget that they have no right to wield priesthood authority like a club over the heads of others in family or church callings, which is exactly. the perfect way to look at it. You're not holding it up there like, do what I say or I'm going to thump you. Yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity to serve. <laughs> like The priesthood is great that way. It teaches you so much about your your role within the kingdom of God because it's all about what you do for others with this priest. I got to tell you, unrighteous dominion genuinely upsets me. Like it 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 frustrates me so much that people could assume that because they have priesthood authority, because of things in the temple, because of, you know, deference yeah. to your husband, to the Lord, or whatever else, that that's somehow it's interpreted as a man being superior to a woman. Brushes with chauvinism in the church are like yeah, they they it's, are just. It's incredibly frustrating. So silly. Because any study, a simple study of the scriptures and of our doctrine, will very much show the equal roles of men and women. And obviously, like it says here, we are not to lord over anyone with priesthood. It's a, it's a humbling experience to use the priesthood in the proper way. It's not one that should. And if you, you try up. to, don't don't worry about it. Go ahead and try, and you will be amended. You'll be amended. It'll go away. One of the things I love back in section eighty four though kind of the crowning promise that comes as we honor priesthood, as we keep the oath and covenant, is that it gives us, as it says, all that the Father hath, which I think is a great way to look at it. If you honor your priesthood and use it to serve others, what a great blessing that is. What a promise, man. Everything the Father hath. Everything. Makes your head hurt. Makes your head hurt to think about. I mean, everything the Father hath. Not just a little something. Everything. It's crazy to me. 
Um, there's a Indeed. lot to talk. Really, they're long sections, but the best thing you can do for this lesson is to read sections 84 and 121. Honestly, I think that's the best preparation anyone could do. Well, yeah, and uh, I mean, there, there's so much about the priesthood that, that I feel like we often take for granted because we just don't take the time to study. Yeah. The uh, blessings of the Spirit that are, you know, help us serve better as priesthood brethren. Um, you know, what a blessing it is because if we did not have the priesthood, we have no church. We have no, like, there's nothing. It's all, it, it can only be done through the order of the priesthood. Exactly. So be grateful, you people. Be, be grateful. grateful. Uh, so I think that's good for this lesson. I think we've summed it up nicely. Yeah. I feel great. Little, little, little bit of love. But let us know you how. You guys will be so good at church. So good. But let us know how, how well you are doing at church by sending us an email to contact at thisweekinmormons.com. Visit our snazzy website. This Week in Mormons. Jeff's been working hard on it. Also, Facebook.com slash This Week in Mormons and Twitter slash The Real Twin. And find this on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, whatever it may be. We're just happy you want to be a part of it. Life is great for yeah. everyone. Jeff, great talking to you, And man. to you, my friend. Thanks for talking. And uh, folks, this has been Sunday School Bonanza. This is Lesson 25, Priesthood, the Power of Godliness. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.